In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in May of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha, Donna. Uh, how are you doing today? How are you emotionally? Um, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm fine because the coffee just hit. Oh, that's good. Uh, now, under the weather, I- I- emotionally or physically? Physically. Yeah. What's going on? Um, <laughs> it's like my body becomes a playground for different areas to hurt, and I never know which ones are going to play. So oh. right now, it's, it's that they're all having a they're all having the time of their lives. They're um, you know, all over the place. There's the different spots that are just like yelling, um, but it's nothing impossible. Um, I can handle. Uh, okay, uh, I have I have no doubt that you can handle it and you'll let us know if you feel uh, you need to take a break at any time. Uh, Do you feel like, are there, are the places that are hurting you directly associated with the, the cancer where it is in your body? Yes. Okay. So primarily uh, in my upper right thigh, because the, the place where the femur joins with the hip um, is, there's all kinds of um, metastasization or whatever what, what you call it. The cancer's gone there. Um, okay. That's one place. Uh, my lungs today, for some reason, are really, they're, they're, they're belabored. Um, and the, the chest cavity, which has been something that's been growing, that's been getting steadily worse and worse over the last couple of weeks. Um, where else? The, the usual, when I sit down, there's, there's like an ache. Um, Earlier, there was a pain in, in the spine, but that's gone away. So, hey, you know, maybe I'm on the up. Well, that's good. Are, uh, would you, do you have anything comparable pre-cancer that you could compare the pain to? No, <laughs> this is, this is, that, that's the cool thing about it, if you, if, if, is that I can pretty much identify what is the cancer and what is not. I think I can anyway, uh, because there, there's, there's a unique stamp to it that when it was first started hurting, when it first started hurting, I didn't know that I had cancer. And I was wondering what the pain was. I, I didn't understand it. Once, once I learned about it, everything just kind of fell into place. I thought, oh, that's what's going on. And that actually made life a whole lot easier because I'd rather know than not know. Yeah. Can you describe the pain? Um, it, it varies sometimes. Well, every once in a while, right in my right femur, upper femur, the pain will be so great that it cripples me. I, I can't get up. And when I do stand up, I'm hobbling around. And that's really embarrassing. Um, mm. I know it's weird to talk about pain as embarrassing because it's pain, right? Just, but for me, because I'm a proud man, I don't like that. And, and usually if I wait it out, it'll eventually calm down. Because it's happened so many times that it's like, okay, here it goes again. Um, <clears throat> and but. Does it help you to move around? Does that help relieve it? I force myself because if I just sit there and which is what I want to do, I just want to lay down and just like veg. But if I do get up and do something like go wash dishes, go feed the cat, just any kind of mobility will usually make it better. That's good to know. 
that that's good. I, and I thank you for talking about it. Uh, I remember having a terrible headache one time when I was a kid and my mom asked me a bunch of questions about where it was, what it looked like, what it felt like, what color is it? And, you know, the pain started dissipating as I was looking at it that way. I know headache pain is very different than what you're going through. So, um, but I appreciate you d- describing it. Other than the, you said you can differentiate the cancer pain from anything else. Other than that, do you, f- how are you doing? I'm doing okay. The, the, the lilies are not outrageous. Just to catch up the listener, I tend to imagine the cancer in my system as these bright, beautiful yellow lilies that are just blooming. And so whenever I make references to lilies, that directly refers to the, to the uh, metastasizing that's occurring right now in my body that will, um, will gradually increase, but it's moving very slowly. Do you, uh, well, and also I fully recognize that being in pain can be emotionally debilitating, uh, as well. I marvel at the positive attitude that you always seem to bring into the room. Um, and I also want, you know, we, this is, this is not just a safe space for you. It is your safe space. It is here for you. Um, so as always share what you would like and, um, let us know when you want to break and when you want to change the subject. Okay, well, is everybody okay with me talking about pain right now? Because I had some observations. Uh, back last year, uh, a group of my friends from Johnson Hall, the dormitory on campus of UH that we all had sowed our wild oats in. Um, we're all, you know, in our 50s now, me in my 60s. We went, we went out um, a couple nights ago to uh, a place, was it 603? It's over by uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh, I don't know. It's a really rather fabulous restaurant. Oh. Um, and um, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I really want to go. There was an hour wait. But being around, and it, it, was, it, was, it was all women from Johnson Hall, all, all the J Hall women. And they were just so wonderful that any discomfort I had went away. I was just having a really good time with them. They were, this is the same crew that um, invited me to go to Kauai with them. Now, I've never been to Kauai before. And during that trip, I was in serious pain and I wasn't very friendly. I wasn't always the best person. And I was kind of ashamed of myself for not, you know, not being more, more outgoing for them. But I also realized that I was still getting used to this thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, were, they were totally understanding. They gave me plenty of room. And when I saw them this time, I thought these people are salt of the earth. I'm just having the best time with them. That's what I should have done on that first trip. I should have been more, you know, more appreciative of what they were doing because they were giving me all they had. Mm-hmm. They were giving me as much energy and love, aloha, as they possibly could. And I was taking it, you kind of, well, I'll take a little bit. I'm not really feeling I'm going to lay in bed, right? But you know, now it's like I realize, no, this is, this is actually really good for me. And when I think about it, that experience with them was one of those things where it tethers me and keeps me in this world because of the affection they showed me because it'd be really easy for me and i think that people who have cancer will understand this it's really easy just to let it get you down and just just want to end it just just give in and just 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 okay you know 
I'm going to live in my world of pain and don't mess with me. <laughs> I understand that because some days are like that. Um, but at the same time, with friends like that, you know, you know, they say my friends will be the death of me. Oh, uh, with this case, my friends will be the life of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I that, think, that, go ahead. I, well, I think it's really interesting that you say we we don't talk about pain um easily it's it's almost like money that you you have to really know someone well before you'll even admit you have problems with it um and i uh it, it's not just a masculine thing that I, I will feel the same i don't want to say oh my god i'm freaking miserable you know you plow if i made a decision that i'm going to be here then i'm going to plow through it and um I hope it feels somewhat freeing to know that you can talk about it. Well, it's, it's where my mind is going right now. Um, I, the, a couple of things happened last week, last week, the last couple of weeks that it all started adding up about pain. One of the things is that pain, when, when you feel pain, it's really easy to take it out on the people around you. Mm-hmm. It is, that, that is really, and you may not even mean it. But you will, you'll snap at them, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll say something kind of off or you look at them and say, why are they putting me through this? <laughs> why are they talking to me now when I am feeling like total shite? What allows me to get past that is honestly, when the, the way out, the pain can set up barriers between you and other people. And I know this from my own experience and it's nobody's fault. It's just so easy just to say, okay, I'm dealing with this and I don't want to deal with anybody else. And so you'll put up this barrier between yourself and and basically the world. What I'm learning, what what gets through that barrier is other people's pain, their suffering. When 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 I see that, all of a sudden my pain becomes insignificant. And there's something I found out um many years ago. I had smashed my thumb in a door and it was all, you know, how it gets, gets a blood, right? There's, there's a, and, and it hurt because it was all swollen with blood and the blood could go nowhere. So I went over to, at the time I was um, still a dependent in the army because I was my father's child and my father was in the army. Um, went over to an army hospital and they looked at it and they said, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get a paper clip and we're gonna heat it up. And we're gonna put it right through your nail and that will release the blood from it. And I said, please do. <laughs> And so I'm just sitting there aching, hurting, 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 because all this pain, my, my thumb becomes the center of the universe, right? Because yeah. it is hurting so badly. When they went in the same room, and I'm not sure why they did this. Maybe they were, you know, didn't have a whole lot of room in the hospital. Um, they bring this kid who had a gash in the side of his head. And he's just crying. His mom is holding him. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> The thumb disappeared. The thumb um, became unimportant because of that kid. You know, I was, I was more worried about that kid. And so that, that was, you know, my lesson that how do you overcome this barrier? Look at others. Um, there's a story in Buddhism about that, about a woman that goes to the Buddha and says, I have lost my only child. She says, can you bring him back to life? I have nothing without this child. I, I, you know, I, have, I have no support. I can't, I can't take care of myself. I need, I need my son to be here with me. Um, and she was in total grieving. And it, was, it wasn't, wasn't simply the emotional, it was also the, um, the physical. She, he, she needed him so she, could, you know, so she could eat, so he could help her you know, survive in this world. 
And the compassionate Buddha looks at her in, in his infinite mercy and he says, yes, I will, I will, I will raise him from the dead for you. But you have to go to uh, a household and get a, a mustard seed. You know how small a mustard seed is. He says, you have to get a household seed from uh, households. Excuse me, you have to get a mustard seed from these households and then bring them back to me. She said, okay, I'll do that. He said, but there's one condition. The household cannot have seen death. So uh -huh. she goes to the first household and she says, can I have a mustard seed? They said, of course. And she said, but have, has, you know, has there been a death in your, in your family? And every household she went to had the story, absolutely you know, heartbreaking story about how somebody had died. So by the time she gets back to the Buddha, he says, okay, do you have the seeds? And she said, I don't have a single one. But what I have is a realization that I'm not alone in this. And that's what she needed more than anything. That's beautiful. I, I got a little emotional about that. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure why. I think that um, well, perspective is important. Um, but also when your thumb, I, I smashed my thumb in a car door two months ago. It just, <laughs> ah! just finally, the black finally grew out. So I know mm. I related to that. Maybe that's why I started to cry. Um, <laughs> Um, I would too. But when you see someone else, your thumb still hurts. You're you're just you're moving that focus over. And I don't think I like to think that that is all of human nature. I think part of it is because you are a very kind person who you don't want to see anyone else suffer. Um, do you think that? most people would be that way? Confucius said that the reason why we know that humanity is good is that if somebody sees a child fall into the river, that person would jump into the river to save that child. I agree, but Confucius was also a cynic. So he knew, he knew damn well that there's going to be the person that says, oh, well, that kid is from a lower caste or that kid is not my kid or something, something horrific, right? Um, as people are saying about the shooting that just occurred at Uvalde. Oh, well, you know, the, my Second Amendment rights are more important than the lives of these children. Um, we, we're seeing that right now. We're seeing people not respond with what Confucius says is the unifying factor of compassion for all of humanity. Um, so I, I, what I do is I always allow for the possibility for anybody that I meet, no matter what their political affiliation is, that that's that's part of who they are um my friends that are that are um, i guess i can call them right wing extremists right wing extremists they're lifeguard friends of mine and i know for a fact because i've seen them in action that they would give their lives to save somebody mm. so they pass that test you know so what it, it makes me it keeps me from being hopefully please god too judgmental against anybody because you know when it comes down to the Confucian test, would you jump in the river to save that child? These guys, oh yeah, in a heartbeat. It wouldn't matter whose child it was. Yeah. Oh, I I find it amazing. You know, I'm a screaming liberal, and I, uh, I I I know that I I know and love very wonderful people who are also very conservative people, and it's hard for me to understand how you can be a, a wonderful, generous, kind person and be a part of that 
party, but that, but whatever, that's what, that's what politics is. You, you have your side as long as we can recognize the humanity and people on the other side. I, I think that um, other than sociopaths who we know walk around us, I, I like to think that most people would see the child with a gash in their head and forget about their thumb for a little while. I'm, I'm pretty sure that every single one of my conservative friends would be that way. Every one of them, without yeah. exception. Yeah. So that gives me hope. I think, I, I, I think we're going to be okay. As long as we have that baseline. And these guys know I love them and I know they love me. Yeah. Even though they look at me and say, oh my God, Mickey's off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a lighter note, I also have uh, a story about pain that's a jackass story. Okay. Uh, well, let's hear you now with that kind of lead in. We have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to end it on a, on a, on a, on a, on a fun note, right? Okay. Um, I was running around with Hunter Thompson. That's the... my Navy friend. Yeah. yeah uh, well, <laughs> for me he is okay. my, he's a he's a squid he's a he's a naval uh person you know a sailor uh he's also a corpsman which means that he's the guy that takes care of us marines when we fall on the battlefield he's the one that runs up with weapons shooting the enemy to grab us and pull us to safety so this guy is gold in my book and i remember i, I showed you the two dog tags that i have uh-huh. one which um will eventually go around my toe but before i go to cremation as as is the military custom um i gave him one of the dog tags and i kept the one for the toe for me and he wore it around his wrist because he said i don't want to wear it around my neck because i'll look like a boot (laughs) what that means is somebody who just got out of boot camp he's not gonna be wearing his dog tags um so uh i thought okay how can i wear mine uh because you know the sun is on a little short chain so i thought well i can put it in my ear and because I have my ears are pierced, but I, thought, I don't have anything to anchor it to. And I couldn't put push the um, the chain of, of it through uh, through the hole in my ear. So we went and we found a bobby pin. Oh, 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 <laughs> it, this gets better. Oh, stuck the bobby pin through and that was OK. Everything was fine with that. OK. But then what happened was that in order to keep the dog tag on the chain, that short chain on, you know, hanging from my ear the bobby pin had to be twisted and when it did it also twisted in the hole in my ear and oh. it was just bleeding and i was like ah oh my gosh it was hurting like crazy but we got it there and i was running around with that um dog tag in my ear very proud of myself and realizing man this is such a jackass move why did you do that <laughs> why what, what is wrong with you because i was proud <laughs> that you proud did that yeah, I was proud that I did that. Are you up uh, to date on your tetanus? <laughs> um, I think I'm okay. Um, so um, oh came gosh. time to take it out. And when I did, of course, blood just gushes you know, oh. all over the place. And uh, one of the people at the after hours made sure she took care. She cleaned it up for me. She made sure it was okay. Pe- people kind of baby me at the, at, the, at the club I go to. And it's kind of nice because maybe sometimes, you know, when, when I do a move like that, I need somebody to watch out. <laughs> so, um, so pain in that case was, it was fun because I was, I was, I was uh, proving my, my bullshit macho credentials. <laughs> I think James understands this, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 some, it's something that guys do, especially when we've had a bit much. Um, so 
<laughs> James, James is not chiming in on that. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you don't tell on yourself. Well, maybe that's it. I, I mean, I know people who, when they're going through a, a lot of torment in their lives for whatever emotional, physical, whatever, they'll go get a new tattoo. And there is some pain associated, depending on where you have it put, you have to sit or lay there still and quiet as this pain is inflicted on you. Uh, so I I don't know, maybe using the bobby pin, um, I don't know, put pain in a different perspective for you? Am I just imagining things? It, it was It was just to be macho. Honestly, oh. that that was it. That's all we had. There, but there is a story of one of the elite. I think it was at the death of Keo Puolani, who was the the mother of Kamehameha's children. Uh, when Keo Puolani died, I believe that this was when it happened. She had her tongue tattooed, and she was asked, "Doesn't that hurt?" And she said, "Yes, the pain is great, but so is my aloha." Mm. I love that story. I even thought about getting the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian phrase of it tattooed on my arm. But I thought, I, I don't really think I have the right to have the words of this fabulous ali'i, you know, tattooed to me. You know, and so I'll just remember her. I'll just remember yeah. her and use her as a role model. That's a cool story. And, and we've got to wrap up. I hope that us talking about pain for the last half hour <laughs> wasn't, um, wasn't too much. Um, and I, I feel like the older I get, the more I realize this is just a part of life. And if you're not, we don't want to walk around in pain every day. We try to avoid, do things that will help us avoid it, but it all, it is also inevitable for us. So I appreciate you talking about it. Thank you. Thank you, Mickey. We'll see you again soon. Aloha. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.